You are listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We believe that Jesus came to set you free and nothing can cancel the truth of God's word. Now here's your host, the youth pastor of Impact Youth at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut, Pastor Joey Santora. What is going on on Canceled Podcast? Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And thank you guys for tuning in. Oh, I just hit the mic, but thank you guys very much for tuning in to our Impact uh, YouTube channel as well. Uh, we're so thankful that you guys are, have decided to take time out of your week to check us out. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, leave a comment, subscribe, and turn on the uh, notifications so you don't miss any of this awesome content. Uh, but as you can see, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, Impact Youth, uh, I have a special guest that has been referenced many times <laughs> on the podcast and yeah. on the YouTube channel and has uh, been uh, a uh, preacher at Impact Youth uh, that you've seen possibly, but uh Ben, what's going on, man? What's going on? Happy to be here. Excited. What's up, Impact? It's happy to be here. Man, a few words, man, a few words, <laughs> but profound words. Profound oh, hey words, no. but few. Uh, anyway, uh, Ben is uh, my cousin, not by blood, but uh, we grew up together, known each other practically since the time that we've been born, and uh, he's one of my very best friends, so I'm happy to have you on, man. Sure. Uh, but um, we are going to talk about love today. All right. Love. Uh, love is something that is talked about a lot in a lot of different capacities in our society today. And I thought that a song uh, that is very popular in a, our society would be a great way to kick off kind of talking about this topic of love, because love is kind of something that the world would define as maybe how your heart feels, right? Sure. All right. And, you know, it's like, okay, how does my heart feel? You know, where, where does my heart tell me that I, I should love? And, you know, what makes me feel loving or something mm. like that? You know, yeah. um, uh, do you want to add anything to that? No, I mean, I think that that is why we're talking about it, is it's just that culture has defined love in, in a just different way than, than how the Bible describes it. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, it's important to have a biblical foundation of love because I'm not interested in, just tickling your ears, you know? Uh, and what I mean by that is by just saying things to people to make them feel really good and leave, you know, just, oh, I feel so good uh, that I can just keep doing what I've always been doing, even if it's not right. I'm not interested in that. Yes, I want to encourage you and leave you feeling, you know, encouraged with the word of God, but I'm not ever going to just say things to uh, to make someone feel good. Uh, there's a place to uh, tell the truth of God's word uh, always, first and foremost. But the song that I, I want to uh, referred to that I really feel uh, Pastor Brandon, the youth pastor of Impact Youth before me, I was just speaking to him about this. He said that this song is really the cry of this generation. Mm -hmm. And many of you know uh, this artist. His name is Lil Nas X. Uh, obviously very popular in Christian circles in an infamous way <laughs> in the sense that uh, he had a very controversial music video and things of that nature. And I just want to uh, reference this song that he has. I believe it's called, I have it up here it's, on my phone. It's called, That's What I Want. And the chorus to the song, 
probably everyone has heard this that's listening to this, except for maybe our, our very young viewers, but maybe even them, if you're watching this on Instagram Reels, if you're checking it out, you've probably heard this song. And the chorus uh, goes something like this. I will not sing because I cannot sing. <laughs> and Ben cannot sing either. Right. So we, we neither one of us will Just do it. read it. Uh, but it says, I want someone who loves me. I need someone who needs me. Because it don't feel right when it's late at night and it's just me and my dreams. So I want someone to love. That's what I blankety want. You know, besides the swear word, because most uh, most uh, reels, they uh, have really instead of the swear word. So if you just hear that song at face value, it's kind of like, okay, like it doesn't seem like it's something that's wrong. Uh, but if you actually read the context of the song, the song is actually trash. Like it's something you should never listen to, uh, as a follower of Jesus Christ. It's actually in the context of, of Lil Nas X talking about wanting, um, wanting another man. And you can see that in the lyrics. Uh, if you actually even look up the lyrics, it talks about how he wants to be with another man and things of that nature. But if you really think about those lyrics, he wants someone to love him. He, he needs someone. He seems like he, he just wants someone so desperately to love him. And as Pastor Brandon said to me, that's the cry of this generation, isn't it? Yeah. That they want someone to love him. Yeah, I think that's right. Is that, you know, everybody, especially young people in this generation, we're just searching for, for love, but it's unfortunate that, that we look for it in the wrong places Absolutely. sometimes. Absolutely. And the thing is, is I, I want to be very clear. You know, while I, I do think that, you know, the songs that, that Lil Nas X is producing and things of that nature are, are evil, wicked against the word of God, a hundred percent. And I'm willing to speak out on that. I think that, you know, I, I would love the opportunity to minister to this guy and to yeah. show him that he can love Jesus Christ. Like, man, Absolutely. like all, like he wants someone uh, that will love him. Love him unconditionally. Well, I'll tell you who that is. That's Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And he demonstrated that love. Yeah. He demonstrated us to, uh, to us as you listened to last week with Brianna understanding the cross. Uh, Christ loves that man so much. Yep. He doesn't love the, you know, the things that he stands for and the things that he does, but he certainly loves him a as a person and, uh, wants him to be saved. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but anyway, let's segue into, so we talked a little bit about the world's perspective on love, right? And we just kind of talked about how the world in this generation were crying out saying, I, I want someone to love me. Like, uh, that's what I want. I, I just feel like I need someone and I don't want to feel alone. And I feel like the way that we can uh, come to that realization and actually have the fulfillment of someone to love us is by understanding what biblical love is. And the Bible does a clear job at out outlining what, or outlining what biblical love really is. So I'm going to show you four different, um, ways that we can understand what biblical love really is. And I'd encourage you, whether you're in a relationship with, a, uh, with someone of the opposite sex, whether you're in a friend, uh, friendships, whether, uh, you're in any type of relationship, business relationship, anything like that, it's important to pay attention to what biblical love really is. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys, uh, the first thing that biblical, uh, love is and biblical love, it involves sacrifice. Biblical love, it involves sacrifice. And I'll show you a perfect example of this, Ben, if you don't mind pulling yep. up John 15, 13. Yep. Uh, do you already have it pulled up? Yeah, I got it here. Perfect. Go, go ahead and read that. 
John 15, 13 says, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Hmm. Think about that. There's, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus was the perfect demonstration of love. He literally was able, he preferred others over himself. He was willing to die so that his friends, so that us, so that humanity did not have to die. Think about that. Because if we, if Christ didn't die, we would spend eternity in, uh, in death in a place called hell. We would be alive in the sense that our spirit is alive, but we've been in a place that is, uh, that causes death, a place that is everything that we don't want, where our spirit feels dead. Right. But Christ, he died so that we didn't have to feel that anymore. Yeah. And it's because he loves us so much and he loved us so much that he was willing to do it, that he was willing to, to sacrifice his life. Yeah. For us. Absolutely. And that love can come in, uh, that love, we need to demonstrate that love to others. And that's really what biblical love is, is man, are you willing to sacrifice for somebody that you love? Like, man, like if Ben asked me to do him a favor, you know, he's just like, Hey man, like, uh, you know, I'm really busy today. W- would you mind like doing this for me real quick or something like that? Biblical love, like if I love him, like even in a friendship, it's appropriate yeah. to show this love in a friendship as well. For man, sure. like Ben's one of my best friends. I, I love him so much. Like, absolutely. I'm going to help him out. I, I'm going to sacrifice some of my time for him. You know, uh, in a, in a marriage context, in a dating context, anything like that, there is an element of sacrifice that will show your love for that person. Yeah. And, and John 15, 13, right. It says that, that the ultimate sacrifice is, is laying down one's life for one's friends. But I'm reminded too of the scripture that says that Jesus came not to be served, but mm-hmm. to serve that, that Jesus shows us that biblical love is us, you know, reaching out and doing things for other people, being a servant in, in the sense of just helping and wanting to right. show love to the people in your life. Right. A- absolutely. And, you know, I-, I feel like a popular thing with uh, this generation, especially is uh, like the Gen C Gen Z generation is like, I just want a real one. Mm. Like I want a real one, man. But yeah. like when the rubber hits the road, culture really doesn't mean that. Yeah. They like, I want a real one. Well, here's what a real one is when we really think about it, right? A real one is someone that would sacrifice for you, would kind of like help you out, right? A real one is someone that would tell you the truth regardless of how much it hurts. That's it. They tell it to you in love, obviously, but that's, see, that actually segues into our next point about biblical love. Biblical love, um, I'm actually going to skip over point number two and come back to that, but biblical love does not excuse sin. It tells others to turn from sin. Biblical love does not excuse sin. It tells others to turn from sin. That's really important because so many times, man, like if, if somebody is doing something they shouldn't be doing, a real friend, somebody that really loves you will actually tell you like, Hey, like, man, this is not something you should be doing or. Hey, like, you know, I don't know if girls call each other sister, but probably not. But, you know, sister, like, you know, this shouldn't be something that you be doing. I don't know what girls call each other, man. I ain't a girl. But, you know, like really being willing to point out something that they're not doing in that they're doing wrong in their life and point them in the right direction. Right. And not out of 
judging, like not for the sake of judging that person, but for the sake of like looking out for them right. and showing them like that you care about them. Right. I, I, absolutely. I'm actually, I'm going to go back to our second point. I'll come back to this third point right here. But our first point, biblical love involves sacrifice. Our second point about biblical love is biblical love looks for restoration over condemnation. It looks for restoration over condemnation. All right, you know that I know those are big biblical words and stuff. It could be restoration, a bringing back together, a, a restoring, a bringing back together over condemnation, which basically just throws someone aside and says you're done and there's no hope for you. So biblical love looks for restoration over condemnation. And I think the perfect example of this is John 8, uh, verse 4 through 7. There's this woman. She's caught in the act of adultery. Adultery being that she was, uh, was, uh, married and she was with other men, uh, or it, it could be vice versa, obviously, as well. But in this scenario, it was a woman who was with other men and she was caught in this act of adultery. And the law said that this woman should be stoned, that she was done. She was done for. She was condemned, gone. And, but, the, but here's what Jesus does in John chapter eight, verse four. You can go ahead and read it. Oh, yeah. Sure says, teacher, verse four, teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stoner, what do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Yeah. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. Hmm. Right there. Jesus was more interested in restoring this woman than condemning her. See, in the Old Testament law, sin equaled death because there was no permanent sacrifice for sin. Christ had not yet died on the cross. But since Christ had come at this point, obviously he hadn't died yet, but he still was there and he came and he was ushering in a new way of living. He valued uh, showing this woman like mercy, yeah. showing her grace, restoring her over just condemning her. Yeah. And what, what that can do, uh, in our lives, how we can look at this from a biblical perspective of love is the fact that when we, uh, have friendships, right? And somebody does something wrong, we shouldn't immediately look to just write them off. When we look at people in the world, they do something wrong. We shouldn't look to just write them off. We should offer an opportunity at restoration the same way uh, that Christ would. And what Christ was doing is he was telling these accusers to basically check themselves before they go ahead and judge this woman. And a lot of Bible scholars believe that these accusers were actually guilty of the very same thing that this woman was guilty of. Mm. That when Jesus said to them, uh, the, the words he said, he was without sin. He was specifically referring to the sin of adultery. And these men were like, oh, you know, that's, that's kind of me here. And they just dropped the stones and walked away. But Jesus was left standing because Jesus wasn't guilty of any sin. And Jesus did not condemn her for that sin. Jesus rather looked to restore her and he actually sent her on her way. And he was more interested in her realizing that she can come back uh, to a place of proper living as opposed to just writing her off and saying that it's over. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's just powerful because so so often we can fall into trying to judge people. Yeah. And just like you said, writing them off. But that's not 
how Jesus shows us that we should show love to other people. Absolutely. It's, you know, somebody, somebody's not living right. Somebody's not doing the right thing. We should look for restoration for that person instead of just condemning them. And this is especially true when it comes to non-believers, right? Someone that's not a believer in Christ, you, you can't expect someone that doesn't know Christ to live and act like Christ. Right. It's, they're, they're not in covenant with Christ. They, they, they don't know the Lord. Um, obviously that's still like the standard by which God is going to judge every single person. But nonetheless, if they're, if they are a sinner, because that's what the Bible says, if someone's not in Christ and they are a sinner, then that's what they're going to act like. That's what they're going to do. They're not going to do the things that are like Christ. A Christian means like Christ-like. Um, but if someone's a believer in Christ, obviously that is, um, you know, the standard by which they should be living by. Um, but I, w- I don't want to be misconstrued here. I said that biblical love looks for restoration over condemnation, but also, again, going back to the truth that I mentioned earlier with biblical love in the third point, biblical love does not excuse sin it tells others to turn from sin. Ben, can you read John 8, verse 11? We can. John 8, 11. No, Lord, right? Yeah. No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I go and sin no more. Hmm. So Jesus, basically this, this woman, or Jesus said, uh, like none of these men condemned you basically. And she's like, no, Lord. And Jesus says, well, neither do I, because Jesus wasn't interested in the condemnation. He was interested in the restoration, but he doesn't stop there. He says, go and sin no more. See, a lot of people have this idea in our culture nowadays that Jesus is just this all loving Jesus, all inclusive Jesus, that it doesn't really matter what you do. He'll just, you know, it doesn't matter. You can do all the sin that you want, but Jesus still loves you anyway. Because, you know, with the woman that was, you know, almost stoned, you know, he didn't care that he was, she was, you know, living adultery. That's totally not true and totally missing the point of the story. Jesus, yes, was interested in restoring her, but at the end of it, he said, go and sin no more. Right. He was able to, it says, the Bible says in, I, I looked up John 114, that, that Jesus was full of grace and truth. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the biggest thing is that he was able to, to extend to her the grace of, of like, where are your accusers? But then he also followed it up by, by like showing her the truth that like, Hey, this isn't how you should be living, like go and sin no more. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that, that's, that's so powerful because a lot of people, again, referring back to, I want a real one, you know, oh, I want a real friend or whatever. But when the rubber hits the road, we seem to not live according to that standard. I, I'm a youth pastor, obviously, and a lot of my youth are watching right now. I've, that's most of our viewership. You know, I might pull one of the youth aside and, and tell them the truth about yeah. saying, hey, this isn't right for you. And some of them might get mad at me at first. Man, I can't believe Pastor Joey telling me, you know, that I shouldn't be doing this, this or that or whatever and pointing and, you know, telling me that I, I you know, I, I should be living for God and stuff. And then they'll come back to me later or sometimes maybe even a couple months later. Hey, you know, I really appreciate you telling me that, you know, type of deal. But the reality is, is that biblical love will point people to the truth. It won't excuse their sin because, because here's the truth of God's word. Sin will ultimately lead to death. If somebody lives in sin, it will ultimately lead to their spiritual death where they spend eternity in a place called hell. Uh, the most popular place that we see 
um, you know, this, this love message overplayed. And, you know, this is not the only area of this is definitely one of them is, you know, oh, the church should just love gay people. Why doesn't the church just love gay people? You know, why, why don't they just accept them and let them do whatever they want? What does it matter to them and stuff? And the reality is, is that it's actually not because, you know, it matters necessarily to our personal and individual life. It's actually because the church cares so much about the individual that they don't want to see them go towards destruction. Right. It's a warped perception. Uh, it's a warped perception in the world. Oh, the church just hates gay people and don't want to let leave them alone and live their life. You're absolutely right. I do not want to leave them alone to live their life because I know that if they continue to live in a way that's contrary to the word of God, which by the way, living in a uh, gay lifestyle is absolutely contrary to the word of God. This is not what the point of this podcast is today, so I won't go through a whole proof of it, but I absolutely can prove it biblically, scripturally, and uh Anytime that you've ever seen anybody try and justify that it's correct, uh, in the word of God, that's, that's absolutely wrong. It is a sin in the word of God, uh, to live in a gay lifestyle, but I don't want to just leave them to live a lifestyle that's not honoring to God. And that's ultimately going to lead them to destruction. I don't want them to go to hell. God doesn't want them to go to hell. He wants them to be in relationship and restoration with him. But the only way for them to get to that restoration is for someone to actually point it out to them. Right. It's like, you can imagine like if, if Pastor Joey was walking like towards the edge of a cliff, right? And I don't know, maybe he's on his phone. He's probably watching the Mets or something like that. (laughs) He's not paying attention, but he's, he's walking towards the edge of a cliff where he's going to like fall off and die. If I were there, how could I not say, Joe, watch out. Like right, you're right. going to walk off the cliff. But, but I think something that you're kind of getting at too is that culture has kind of blurred the lines between what love and acceptance are. Yes. That those are not the same thing. You know, if, if Pastor Joey was walking towards the cliff and I said, Oh, that's just what he wants to do. You know, that's his choice right now. I'm going to let him live his life and I'm not going to judge him. But like, that's not, that wouldn't be me like showing actual love for you. Right. Absolutely. You, we want to save as many people from that, from destruction. I mean, I don't, I really don't, I promise you, I really do not hate gay people. Like, it's not like I hate them as people. I hate and despise the sin uh, of gay marriage. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, that Christian garbage, you know, uh, hate the sin, love the, love the sinner or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's true. And it's It's according to the word of, word of God. I I love, I a hundred percent love gay people, but I cannot support and condone their lifestyle because I know that it's going to lead them to a path of destruction. And God is going to hold me accountable, Ben accountable for the things we do. Yeah. If I don't tell people the truth, God is going to hold me accountable. And if I preach and tell people that it is okay to live in a gay lifestyle, I may very well find myself going towards destruction and, and, and I'm not very well. The Bible's pretty clear in Matthew chapter 25 that if anyone leaves any of these little ones astray, it would be better that you tie a millstone or like an anchor around your neck and jump into the sea. It's pretty harsh. And that's, that, that's the truth right there. I don't want to lead anyone astray. Right. And you know, it ruffles some feathers, but like you were saying, sometimes, Pastor Joey goes up to students and tells them the the truth that they don't want to hear in the moment. But as someone who's rooted in the Bible, like that's your call, like that's what yes. you're charged to do. And that is biblical love that he's showing. Right. And, and I want to be very clear uh, with this. It, 
I know I mentioned gay marriage and it's because it's a hot button in our society. That's, right. that's really why I mentioned it. But this applies to if I see Everything. people smoking weed at, yeah. at, at youth group, I see people getting drunk on alcohol or something like that. Yeah. I go up to them and tell them the very same thing. That is also something that is not according to the word of God. And I don't want to see them go down that path and live in that lifestyle because, um, in first John, and I'm going to slightly, I'm going to, I'm not purposely doing this, but I can't fully recall the scripture, but you can look it up for yourself. But basically, if anyone is, is living, is, uh, if anyone says that they're like of God and they're living in sin, then they're basically a liar hmm. is what the word says. If we live a lifestyle of sin, which means that we're continually living in it without repentance towards God and we just think that it's okay for us to live in our sin, then it's actually like, meaning that we're really not of God and actually not living for him. Okay. Um, but just uh, to show you a couple of scriptures that talk about uh, how God is so serious about uh, repentance and about, uh, you know, turning from sin. Um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse six talks about how the Lord chastens those who he loves. He chastens, he disciplines those who he loves. This doesn't mean that God beats you with a rod, but it means that he tells you like, hey, this is not right. And if we don't feel that conviction from the Holy Spirit in us, then that means that we're Ill illegitimate children. Yeah. I love that so much. Like that, that has always been so powerful to me that, that God is a good father. And what, right. what good father wouldn't show their child the right way Absolutely. and wouldn't, you know, correct them when they're not in the right, going the right direction. Right. And I think about this, Ben, like I'm sure when you were younger. Every child like wants to touch something that's going to harm them. Like right. at some point yep. when they're a kid, like they're like two years old and they go and they put their finger in a socket. They go and put their hand on, on something hot or whatever, yep. and they go to do it. If a parent literally would just constantly let their child do that over and over again and didn't care and was like, go ahead, burn your hand a million times. I don't really care. And never told them the right way. We would call that child abuse. And especially in our society, forget about it. That, that right. parent would probably be in prison. Yeah. How much, so using that same standard, wouldn't it be cruel of God to not correct us and show us the right way when we're doing something that's going to lead to destruction? That would be child abuse for right. God to not show his children the right way. Right. When, uh, when Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, goes and ministers to people, uh, the first thing he says in Acts chapter 2 when he's filled with the Holy Spirit is repent and be baptized. There is an importance in turning from sin. And that was Peter showing biblical love to show people that they need to turn from their sins so that they don't head towards destruction. Yeah, that's right. But that's sure. just the, the, those are a couple of points uh, about biblical love. But the last point that I want to point out to you, point, point, um, is biblical love is rooted in 1 Corinthians 13. Biblical love is rooted in 1 Corinthians 13. We talked about how biblical love involves sacrifice. Biblical love involves restoration over condemnation. Biblical love, man, I'm like really kind of struggling with my words here. Biblical love does not excuse sin. It tells others to turn from sin. And biblical love is rooted in 1 Corinthians 13. I have it right here, Ben, so I'm just going to go ahead and read yeah. it. It says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. It does not, uh, it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Mm -hmm. How about that? Biblical love rejoices in truth. Yeah. 
It's not about, it doesn't rejoice in, you know, just telling people to do what they want to do or whatever and just leaving them on their own. It rejoices in truth. Powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And this is something that you hear at weddings a lot, you know, 1 Corinthians 13, not my wedding, actually. I don't think that he read 1 Corinthians 13 in my wedding, but, um, that this is, uh, something that you hear at weddings a lot because this really is the basis of love. And, if you really break down these things, and uh, Ben and I are going to do that uh, just real quick, love is patient and kind. Love is not being um, short-tempered with people in the sense where you just give up on them really easily. Love is, in a, think about this in a Christian context, the Lord uh, tells us to wait for marriage until we have sex, right? If love is patient, then I should be patient to wait until I'm married to have sex. Right. And it kind of goes back to the the first point that we made is that there's sacrifice that you make in Absolutely. love to be patient and to show kindness, even in moments when it can be more difficult to. Absolutely. Um, you know, the scripture goes on to say love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love is not something that you should be boastful about in the sense that, or proud about or rude about in the sense where in your relationship with the, with another person, you're not looking to be rude to them. You're not looking to be arrogant to put your own, um, put yourself above the other person mm-hmm. to make yourself seem better than that person. That's not what true biblical love really is. Yeah. And one of the things that I love about this, I love about this, but one of the things yeah. that's great about this is that it's, it's kind of like, a standard that you can like measure your relationships against. Yeah. Like if you have friendships or, or dating relationships or whatever it is, and you can like point to moments when there has been jealousy or yes. pride, you can say, Oh, that's really not biblical love. Right. A- absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, one thing that I really like is it says that it doesn't demand its own way and it doesn't keep a record of being wrong. Demanding its own way, it goes back to this idea of, again, sacrifice yeah. in the sense that, hey, like, I'm going to prefer the other person over me. Yeah. I'm going to see what they want to do. I'm going to see how I can um, put them first. And then it says, does it keep a record of being wronged? That's powerful. powerful. I mean, how many times has maybe a friend or you've done this maybe to a friend or in a relationship where you're like, remember when you did this to me type right. of deal? And you're like holding it over their head, man. That's not biblical love. Nope. That's not biblical love. That's not cool to you know keep that record. How about this one right here? I bet you that God could have a really long list of the things that we've done to wrong Him. But guess what? The Bible says that as far as the east is from the west, our sin is removed. Our sin is cast into the sea of forgetfulness. God doesn't sit there and count your wrongs against you if you're in Christ, because in Christ your sin has been washed clean. So good. And if you want that to be the case for you and you want to be in Christ, then in order to be fully in him, then we can't be counting a record of wrong against others when uh, when we've forgiven them, you know? So good. And that's, it, it's awesome too, because God doesn't just give us this example of, of what love is in words, but he shows us Absolutely. every day. And he shows us through the life of Jesus and his ministry. And just, it's not like he, he gives us this standard without, him being the ultimate example of it. Yeah, absolutely. God, there is there is nothing that God will command you to do that God is not willing to do himself yeah. or that isn't a reflection of him. And 
the last thing I want to point out is this one right here. And I wasn't going to, but I felt as though I should uh, by the Holy Spirit that love endures through every circumstance. Mm. This is something that a lot of people in our society are not willing to accept anymore. Our divorce, our divorce rates are over 50%. Uh, and that, that's alarming in the sense that people, people think that love is just a feeling in the sense that if I don't feel like I love this person right now, then, okay, well, I don't really love them then. Mm. Well, no, love is a commitment where yeah. you say, I'm going to endure in every circumstance. Regardless of what happens, I'm going to love this person. As long as they don't break this marriage covenant, you know, I'm not going to separate from them. You know, it's obviously different in a dating relationship. You don't have to marry a person if you, you know, are in a relationship with them. But love, you continue to love a person regardless of what they've done because Christ has loved us regardless of what we've Absolutely. done in our life. Yeah, and and kind of like some that you're getting at is it endures through every circumstances. There are moments when you have to actively choose. Absolutely. And in, instead of just relying on the feeling that that, is there sometimes. Absolutely. I mean, like uh, Brianna and I, right? There are times where I certainly get annoyed with Brianna and Brianna certainly gets annoyed with me. Probably more the second one, to be <laughs> honest with you. Uh, uh, but because uh, I could be pretty annoying sometimes. But uh, but Brianna, she, you know, she has to choose to love me in that moment. I choose to love Brianna even when I get agitated with her and, and stuff, you know, I, I'm sure that some of you guys are like, man, you know, Pastor Joey, like gets like annoyed. Yeah, I absolutely do get annoyed. Like, you know, right. I, I uh, absolutely do a hundred percent, but I still choose in that moment. No, this is the person that I've chosen to marry. This is the person that I've committed to with the Lord yep. to say, I'm going to love her regardless. Yep. So uh, that's the powerful truth about biblical love. And, you know, I really hope that, you know, when people listen to that song, you know, by Lil Nas X, maybe it'll get them thinking, you know, maybe I, I hope that nobody listens to it, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but if someone does, I, I hope that it gets them thinking in a sense, man, I need someone uh, who will love me. You know, I, I need that thing. And it's like, man, God can be that thing that fills that void. Christ, 100%. the cross can be that thing that fills the void in your 100%. life. 100%. That's it. And, you know, hopefully maybe even Lil Nas X will watch this. And, Amen. And, uh, until uh, reach out to us or something like that. But uh, I pray for his salvation. I pray for the salvation of uh, everybody. I, I hope that everybody gets saved. And that's what God's will is to, uh, he says so in Second yeah. Peter chapter 3, verse 9. God's not willing that anybody should perish, but that everyone should come to repentance. Uh, it's a powerful truth. God is um, literally delaying his coming back and his return because he doesn't want anyone to perish. Yep. That's powerful, man. That's and how much why? He loves because us. he loves us. Yeah, right. absolutely. And so that's what biblical love is. Biblical love involves sacrifice. Biblical love looks to, uh, for restoration over condemnation. Biblical love does not excuse sin. It tells others to turn from sin. And biblical love is rooted in 1 Corinthians 13. So, guys, I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. I hope that you enjoyed the sermon on Wednesday night. If you uh, were there live or watching uh, online, if you didn't watch it, I encourage you to watch it. I have not preached it yet at the time of the, this recording. It'll be good. But it's going to be good, man. It's going to be good. The, the Lord uh, is giving me a powerful word. I'm going to elaborate on my podcast last week about, uh, about uh, understanding the cross. And I believe that we're going to have a powerful evening. So uh, God bless you guys. And I hope to see you guys next week for our next episode of Uncanceled. Peace out. Later, Impact. Thank you for listening to the Uncanceled podcast. 
We hope you are blessed and encouraged by the teaching today. If you are between the grades of 5th through 12th grade, make sure to check us out in person at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut every Wednesday night from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Be sure to tune in next week for another weekly podcast from Uncanceled. God bless.